everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. Uh, this is episode 39. We're recording this on August 18th. I'm meteorologist Jeff Forgeron. I'm joined by uh, Camilla Ortiz. Hey, Camilla. Hi. And our chief meteorologist, Mark Nelson. Hey, Mark. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. All right. So everyone, I think it's obvious that we're in another heat wave here. Um, in fact, <laughs> We're kind of undergoing a busted forecast right now on this Sweet. final day or uh, maybe day after the final day of the heat wave. So uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been a really cloudy mean? day. Well, it's been a cloudy day, Mark. We've had a lot of monsoonal moisture drifting in from the south. So mid-level clouds have been streaming in, kind of uh, blocking the sunlight today. And what's the observation? Does anybody know as of 3 o'clock? Yeah. I know at last check, we were in the low 80s. Camilla, what are we at right now? Yeah, so it's it's kind of been going up and down, but we're still in the low 80s. Uh, it looks like around, yeah, yep, around 2 o'clock it was closer to 80, but now it's bumped back up to 83. And I uh, had a viewer reach out saying that it was in the low 90s in the coast range. So I think the farther That's west right. you're located, uh, you know, aside from the immediate coastline, probably the warmer it is because, well, and far east as well, uh, because of the lack of cloud cover. So um, it's... And we were expecting these clouds. Um, we weren't entirely sure, and it's it's always tough to tell how much it'll impact the temperature. Um, but Mark, it's just one of those classic uh, oops moments. Yeah, you know, this has happened before, Jeff. I've probably seen it two or three times just in the last 20 years where uh, we get the high clouds come up from the south. Totally, you know, I remember one time, I think it was, we, we were expecting about 100 and it was 88 instead. So this, uh, this is perfect. I see in the coast range at the Sunset Summit, the ODOT sensor there, which seems to be pretty accurate. Sometimes they're a little hot because, you know, they're close to the pavement. 97 out there right now. Ooh-wee. It's 98 Dang. at Lee's Camp. That's in the valley as, you know, as you're leaving the Tillamook, uh, well, you know, east. it's in the coast range before you start heading up towards Wilson River Summit on Highway 6. So 98 there, uh, 93 down into Grand Ronde area. That's um, not the Grand Ronde Valley in eastern Oregon, but uh, like Spirit Mountain, 93 yes. there. So, yeah, the coast range where the high clouds are very thin it's blazing hot, which tells you if we wouldn't have had the thick high cloud cover, we could have been near 100 again today easily. I mean, it's just a really hot atmosphere. Absolutely. When you guys are talking, I was going to check out the, um, you know, the old 850 millibar temp. What was <laughs> oh, it this morning yes. on the sounding? It was 24.4. Oh, man. So that would support high. upper 90s or 100. If we had east wind, we'd be over 100. That's true. And uh, yesterday, which was Wednesday the 17th, for reference, we hit 98 degrees at PDX. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was 108 degrees officially in the Dalles. Woo-wee, that was Toasty. Um, wow. So, yeah, this has been, uh, well, debatably, is that a word? Uh, our, fourth, <laughs> our fourth heat wave of the year. And I say it that way because the last heat wave, we went two days in a row at and above 90. Uh, but one of those days, we hit 100. And then the third day, it was 88 degrees. And you probably heard us talk about we need to go three consecutive days in a row at and above 90 degrees. Yeah. And before we jumped on this podcast, Camilla, you were bringing this this subject up. And I, I have a feeling you guys had a discussion about this last night. Am I wrong or right? <laughs> we sure did. Well, I think the insider baseball here is some graphics were changed, you know, like that, that <laughs> August 6th through 8th was considered a heat wave at one point, but then it wasn't at another point. So, yeah, it's like, so what, do, what do we do? You know, what are the rules? Well, well Mark. And the rest of that discussion was when I came in on Monday, I'm like, well, yeah, it was, it was, what was it? 93, 100, and then 88. We had clouds that third day. I was on vacation. I'm surprised, but uh, I was on vacation and missed that day. But, um, well, actually the whole week, 
But um, I told Camilla, I said, oh, and by the way, another definition of a heat wave around here, it has also been historically, if you just have one day, you know, that's 90, another day that's in the mid 90s or higher, that's stinking hot and that's a heat wave, even if you don't get that third day. And I neglected to mention that that is also kind of traditionally another definition. So basically, Camilla's looking at me like, what, you're changing the rules halfway through the summer? What? Hey, Camilla. Um, so, yeah. I, Camilla, it was 100. This, it was 100. Is, this is a new one for me. I've worked with Mark for three and a half years and never heard this one. So it is possible that Mark is just making things up as he goes. He's just flying <laughs> by know. the seat of his pants. Nice. No. <laughs> you can find that somewhere. Google it. You'll find it somewhere. Fair if you no, Google far enough in the deep web, you'll find an answer. It, yeah. Aside from the joking, it... Okay, let's be honest. If you go in the 90s, then you're at 100, and yeah. then you hit 88. I mean, that's that's close enough. So I I, I would agree with you, Mark. And uh, this one that we're currently in, we've gone 90 on Monday, mm-hmm. 90 on Tuesday, 98 Wednesday. And today we're probably going to end up somewhere between the low to mid 80s because there are a lot of clouds coming in. And mm-hmm. not to mention, um, there is some Virga, which is rain that evaporates before Ooh, it hits exciting. the ground. Some of you have had some sprinkles. We have not recorded measurable rainfall at PDX yet. And by the way, just a side note, we've gone uh, six straight weeks without measurable rainfall. We are quietly approaching the top five longest dry spells on record. Um, And uh, most of the showers have been confined to the Cascades. But has anybody noticed it feels a little sticky outside? Oh, you think? I, I unfortunately had to do my run closer to noon today. And let me tell you, I mean, you just step out the door and you're drenched in sweat. It's gross, like a sauna it, out there. Does it feel like home? Oh, yeah. Floor? No, seriously. I mean, and every time this happens, it's not frequently out here. But, you know, when that dew point does climb above 60, I'm like, come on. I left Nebraska to get away from this. Right. Right. Well, thanks for bringing it. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for bringing it along. You're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, I took and- good. Jeff, I took a bike ride right around noon. And I was up in the foothills of the Cascades there, and I think it was 78 or 80. Totally cloudy. I mean, not even a hint of sun. Almost like it's low clouds, but it wasn't, of course. And it was just gross. I mean, even though it was only 80 degrees, it was just all sweaty. And um, I see the dew point at PDX maxed out this morning at 5 a.m. at 68. So that is really sweaty. It almost never gets up to 70. And we need to touch on those record warm lows that we've been experiencing. But before we get into that, and while we're on the subject of humidity, had a lot of people reaching out and you know commenting as i would you know i'm not surprised it's a big subject right now how humid it feels outside uh, people will say boy it's really sticky outside and they'll list the relative humidity value mm-hmm. or they'll say well it's only 50 percent humidity um and and i get it like growing up i always looked at the humidity the relative humidity if i wanted to you know figure out what what it was you know what the humidity was like outside but um the best way to look up or determine if it's going to feel muggy or if it is feeling muggy outside is by looking at the dew point temperature. And I know a lot of us are not familiar with the dew point temperature, um, but let, let's just backtrack a little bit. Let's say mm-hmm. we're in the middle of winter and it's 32 degrees outside and we have 99, 100% humidity, relative humidity that is. Um, it's not going to feel humid outside. I think we all know that. It's it will probably have some frost on our windshields, or it might be snowing outside, or we could have freezing rain falling. But uh, it's it's not going to feel humid outside. Now, if you look up the dew point temperature, and it's at or above sixty degrees, then it will likely feel humid outside. The dew point temperature is the best way, without going too far into the science. It's the best way to look up 
kind of the muggy meter determine if it's going to feel humid outside. Does anybody want to add anything yeah. to that? Yeah, dew point is a, basically a direct measure. We actually use another thing called call them grams per kilograms of moisture of, of, of moisture in the air, water in the air, I should say. I mean, that's, but the dew point is based on that. And so, yeah, dew point more or less is how much actual water is there in the air? I don't care what it feels like or what it is. I mean, how much water is in the air? Whereas relative humidity is the amount of moisture in the air relative to how much that air could hold. For example, I think I'm just making this up because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if I'm correct, something like 80 degree air can hold like five times as much water as 30 degree air. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so warmer air holds more moisture than colder air. That's a quick factoid there. Yeah, and so if so, if you're going to have, uh, so 50% relative humidity at 80 degrees is not the same thing as 50% relative humidity, humidity at like 50 degrees. There's a right. lot more moisture at 50% relative humidity at 80 or even 90. So it's, and the relative humidity goes up and down as the day progresses, right? Because the temperature goes up and down. Whereas dew point, let's say your air mass is staying the same, the same amount of moisture in the air mass all for 24 hours, your dew point would be the same the whole time. Whereas relative humidity bounces up and down with the actual temperature. It's just not as reliable. I mean, yes, yeah. higher relative humidity is sweatier, but um, yeah, we just use dew point. And, and, and I think we found a good fix here. Um, I made a graphic maybe, I don't know, what is it, a month ago, where I, I just kind of converted the dew point to you know very simple TV terms, keep it simple. Uh, where it's like below 60 is like 60, 50 to 60 is normal summer air, 60 to 65 is humid, and then 65 and above is like sweaty and gross. I don't know what, mm. what word we use there. But the point is, I mean, it, we made it very simple. So we just plot model data saying, okay, it's going here the next two days. So you don't have to worry about the actual number. You just look and say, oh, yuck, it goes up Thursday, for example, very humid, which is what happened. Yeah. And that lines up pretty closely with the Norumbega Almanac Dew Point Comfort Scale. Do you guys ever use that? The what? The Norumbega. <laughs> I'll have to send you wow. this. I'll have Bring to send you to this. Like, well, I got this from a friend, uh, kind of a pen pal who's uh, who knows his weather stuff, and he sent me this. And uh, basically, it says Dew Point 60 to 63, sticky, 64 to 69, uncomfortable, 70 plus intolerable. But uh, so he said that's kind of a good reference point. Well. Several things are really amazing about that. One is that you have a pen pal. That's the first I've heard of you having a pen pal. No, you know um, who it is. Okay, well, Norm Vega? Norm Vega, N-O-R-U-M-B-E-G-A. I could be pronouncing it wrong. That's going to be my new band name, Norm Vega. <laughs> wow, Camilla just learned us something. I'm just dropping some knowledge. Wow. Okay, no, I mean, I, I mean not to, not to, yeah, that, that's just amazing. I, I've never heard of that before. Thanks. That was good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look it up now. It's like, Apparently, uh, it's based more on like the New England climate. So I don't makes know. Makes sense. Yeah. Kinda yeah. Sweaty there. Yeah. You know, um, you could make a new graphic for the 6 p.m. show tonight, the Norm Vega. <laughs> Great. Uh, and see how this, see what happens when uh, Pete and Bonnie look at you. What kind of look do they have on their face? I Love can't that. wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. Good stuff though. Uh, yeah, dew point. So you use dew point. You don't need to know what the number means, but just above sixty is gross. And like Camilla, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Dew point. Dew point. The best measure of moisture in the lower atmosphere. There you go. Um, okay. Now that we've uh, covered that topic, and uh, Camilla surprised us with <laughs> yeah. that that juicy name. Um, so this again, this is our fourth heat wave. Uh, we tend to focus heavily on the high temperatures, but man, the low temperatures have been. Um, pretty gross, uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, yes. Let's see. 
So to, so Wednesday morning's overnight low or morning low temperature was 67 degrees. I believe that we tied the daily record warm low. Is that correct, Mark? Yes, that is correct. And then this morning, I think we officially came in at 73. That is not wow. the official low just yet because mm-hmm. we have to wait oh. through. Mark, you can get into the <laughs> details. Yeah, let's get into the weeds on that one. It's actually pretty quick. <laughs> The the, over, the overnight lows is actually weather records. Uh, most weather records are done by calendar day. So, okay, so we were 73 this morning. We all agree. That was the official yep. low at the PDX. It needs to stay at 73 or higher all the way until midnight, right, to get your, to get your, uh, um, your, your calendar day record warm low. But there's another little kink in it. Um, they do the records by standard time, so it's always the same time. They don't, you know, this ridiculous switching to daylight saving time or switching time. A weather records stay with standard time. So actually, it has to stay above 73 at PDX, I think, until like 12.55 a.m. tonight. Mm-hmm. And we have a big marine push coming in. So, And this has ruined the record low in the past. When I say ruined, I mean we think it's going to be a record than it isn't. So it's got to stay that warm until uh, sometime after midnight tonight. So we will see. It is possible. If we get a mega push tonight, it could easily go down in the upper 60s by midnight. Or if it's a weaker push we might still salvage a record. I think most people would argue for, hey, let's be in the 60s at midnight tonight and not have a record. So, yeah. we'll see. I wish we had like a foghorn every time you said mega push. Mega push! So that's your record warm low talk. Nice. There you go, yeah. So, I mean, but let's, let's be honest. My goodness, this morning, when I got into the studio and I was looking at those temperatures, most of the metro area was in the low to mid-70s. And um, clouds are great during uh, the, you know, if we're in the afternoon during the heat wave, clouds can be a huge benefit. They can deter that sunlight. They can hold us below 90. That's what's been happening today. They do the opposite during the nighttime. Yeah. Uh, The way that we cool down at night is long wave radiation that's near the surface is released into the atmosphere. That helps to cool the lower atmosphere of the surface. If clouds are above us, that traps that long wave radiation trying to escape. And so that keeps the heat down. And that's exactly what happened this morning. Those clouds worked in uh, yesterday afternoon. They stayed overhead overnight. And boom, we were in the 70s this morning. So uh, it was it was pretty gross out there. When you added in the humidity, it felt pretty sticky. So, um, yeah, that's that's led to pre- kind of an interesting day here. But it looks like we'll stay below 90. However, um, doesn't look like we're done with the heat. Um, we'll, we'll be talking a little bit more about that uh, coming up in a little while. Um, but, Mark... And Camilla, let's talk about kind of the heat stats so far this year. I think we've had four 100-degree days. That's mm-hmm. Is that second all-time on record for most triple-digit days in, at PDX? Hmm. Yes. Yeah, let me see. I think three times we've hit 105. I'm sorry, three times we've had five days in, in one summer where it hit 100 degrees or higher. Did I say that right? Three different years in which we've had it 500-degree days. So basically, there have been three years that we've hit or exceeded 100 degrees. Yeah, and I know. Yeah, early 1940s, but all the rest were relatively recent. Yeah. Last year, last year we did five days. That's the oh, record. Oh, that's right. Correct. Yep. And that is the record. Yep. And then this year we've done four. And it, I mean, I technically it is still possible that we could sneak into 100. I think the latest date that we have recorded a 100 degree day at PDX was September 5th. Um, 1988. Of course wow because I you just have that ready to go yeah oh yeah because i remember the day i was I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before i was working in a cannery shoveling corn hot corn coming out of the oh. along the along the line 
Whoa. It was hot. Did you look up the Norn Vega? Uh, <laughs> the comfort scale? That probably, that, those people probably weren't even born yet. <laughs> Whoever they sounds are. Sounds like a, oh my gosh, yeah. all right. Um, sounds like a species then, of whale, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. Norn Vega. Sounds like all sorts of things. We've gone, I believe we've had 20 days this summer at and above 90 degrees. And, yep. Uh, Mark, you and I have been talking about this this week. Uh, the typical amount uh, in the past 30 years is 15 days at and above 90. So we have exceeded the, the normal value or normal amount for PDX. You could say our, our yearly allotment, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so we're above that. So clearly we're going to have some more. So next week probably, it looks like we'll probably have at least a few more. So we'll probably be in the low, at least low 20s. That said, once we get towards that last week of August, we just don't have as many 90-degree days, even in a hotter year. So speaking maybe I'm speaking of... too soon. I hope I haven't cursed it. No, we'll see. There, speaking of 90s, I was fast asleep last night. And, um, Mark, you said that you, you walked on air and you were checking out the temperatures in the region and something stood out to you. Yeah, so I'm on air at 10. And I, as I recall, yeah, the clouds had moved in. So, you know, I was making a, a big deal out of, you know, it's going to be a really warm night. We're still in the low 80s in Portland. And I go to the northwest temperature map on air and I see it's, I think it was 93 at Roseburg. And I thought, and you know, it's, we do this stuff on the fly, folks. I mean, we sometimes we don't have a script. We just add live weather, we, we our knowledge, and, and we follow the graphics. So I think I said on air, like, oh wow, that's looks like it's still really warm at Roseburg. And I'm thinking 93 is awfully high, even if they had 100 earlier in the day, for it to still be 93 at a relatively in a relatively small city um, that late. And then at 11, so I forgot to look, go and look at the observations to see what was going on. And then at 11, it hit, it showed 99. And I think I said, hmm, I'll have to check into that. Like, is there, so every once in a while, the sensors can go bad. I've seen that happen where they just start rising or something weird happens. So I didn't, I didn't look at it. I think I got distracted by, it was almost time to walk out the door. And so then this morning, somebody on one of the local weather groups mentioned it. And what had happened, it was called a heat burst. It looks like it was a heat burst at least because just south of there, and Camilla and I were looking at this last night, there was tons of lightning strikes around eight, 9 p.m from Grants Pass, they moved up towards Roseburg, and then the thunderstorm fizzled out. And so it appears what happened, and I looked at the ops here, so I think it was 10.45 p.m., Roseburg had cooled to 88. Okay, you know, it's cooling off, a lot of cloud cover. They get a southerly breeze, and within 15 minutes, they jump from 88 to, um, it looks like they hit 101 right around 11 p.m. And for to have that happen in the Pacific Northwest at 11 p.m., I don't think even in the hottest places we've seen it's still 101 at 11 p.m. That's crazy. It's and nuts. you can see the dew point dropped into the 40s, which was much lower. So clearly, drier air came in from the south. Probably, I don't know exactly how heat bursts work, but basically air is coming down from above, uh, and you're getting adiabatic warming. It's almost as if you're bringing air down off the mountains, you know, and it's warming up as it goes down. It's like a burst of heat coming from above. Right. And then I think they stayed in the upper, they dropped back to the upper 80s within a few, another 15, 20 minutes, but they stayed very warm for another hour or two. But that was crazy. I mean, just to, to have that amount of heat. And then, I, like I said, when I saw that on air, I'm like 99 at 11 p.m. And here's the weird thing. I just looked with Camilla uh, when I got in today. The we get, our, we get every six hours from each of these official stations, we get the high and the low for the last six hours. So it showed a high of 101, which I think was their high yesterday. That was ending at 11 p.m. But then between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m., I'm sorry, 5 a.m., that six-hour period, there was also a high of 101, which means it actually did hit 101 sometime between 11 p.m. and 
5 a.m., which is probably right at 11 p.m., it looks like, when you look at the five minutes. Anyway, that is crazy. I've never seen that in the Pacific Northwest. I don't. It's so unusual that even I don't have a weather graphic to explain that. <laughs> yeah. That, I remember it happening while I was in Central Texas uh, when I was sure. weather for a couple of years. And by the way, I'm looking at the observation, and there was a, a gust of 23 miles per hour. And the way that I think the best way to explain it is mm-hmm. you have a thunderstorm in the mid-levels of the atmosphere, and rain starts to fall, and that rain starts to evaporate, and the air condenses and cools evaporative cooling think about when Mm -hmm. you get out of the shower you have have water on your skin and it starts to evaporate it cools down okay so that cooler air is more dense so it sinks it falls down to like the lower levels of the atmosphere and it it carries it it compresses the air as a result through compressional heating another weird meteorological phenomenon Mm -hmm. that warms the air back up so very odd i mean like a number of things happened in a short period of time and that was what I think caused the temperature to go from the 80s to 101 degrees. Amazing. And, and we also know that there was a dying thunderstorm just to the south, and it was a south wind, so that kind of goes together, I, I would think. And, and Mark, hey. you mentioned this happens more frequently in you know the Midwest and places mm-hmm. where you see more of these severe thunderstorms. Yeah, and at night, almost always at night. Mm. Crazy stuff. That must have been um, real weird. So basically, you, there might be a few listeners from Roseburg. You, if you were out at 11 p.m., it was cooling off. It was kind of hot. It was still in the mid-80s. Like, okay, it's slowly cooling off. Then a blast of wind arrives, and it jumps to 100 in the, in the dark of night. How weird is that? Bizarre. And drier. It would have been drier, <laughs> it too. It would have been crazy to feel that that spike because 101 is hot. I mean, oh, man. So um, speaking of compressional heating, I had a viewer reach out. I get a lot of random questions and um, somebody asked me, and this is related to the heat wave, why is it cloudy and at times foggy along the coast while it's blazing hot and sunny inland, maybe 40 to 50 miles inland? And um, I just wanted to explain this and if you guys want to kind of uh, you know piggyback off of it. If you think about the heat dome up above us, it's causing the air to sink down to the surface And as that air sinks, it compresses the air and warms it up. Now think about the marine layer, that low-level cloudiness up and down the coastline. That sinking air pushes that marine layer down closer to the surface. It basically smushes it down, and it thins it out, but it also causes that the clouds to basically sink lower and lower and creates that fogginess. Uh, So very often, the Oregon and southern Washington coasts can be cloudy, drizzly, cooler but right inland it is sunny and hot do you guys want to kind of like maybe elaborate a little bit on that i, I i've noticed that the stronger the upper level high is the more squished the marine layer is like the last few days and we've had that mm-hmm. several times this summer where it really squishes it close to the coastline we don't have to have offshore offshore flow if we had easterly wind that could push the hot air you know all the way onto the beaches and you know even offshore but like this summer, what we've mostly seen is uh, just that marine layer is so thin. It's just like within the first mile or two of the coastline and inland spots, like even in the Tillamook Valley might be, you know, 88 degrees. Well, it's 78 just, you know, on the beach three miles west of there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the stronger the upper level high, the more that marine layer gets squished down. And you see that like in California, San Francisco Bay Area. Didn't you live there for a while, Jeff? I think. Yeah, I, no. I went to San Jose State, yeah. actually. So I was right nearby. And so often the upper level high would be much stronger, stronger, higher heights down there than up here. And so they see it pretty commonly where it's like really cold on the beaches and just a short distance inland, you know, Oakland can be blazing hot, at least through a good chunk of the day. 
Camilla, is yeah. it? I, I, I just want to hear your opinion coming from Nebraska. Isn't it amazing experiencing all these microclimates out here? Oh, it's wild. I remember, yeah, Jeff, when we were talking about this back that week when we when we got to work together. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, just the how much it can differ because you've got the coast, the mountains, the valleys, the high desert. I mean, yeah, it's wild. I, I was saying how <laughs> in Nebraska, I guess it wouldn't be more boring because you've got the extreme weather events that happen. But, uh, yeah, you pretty much do the forecast, and it's probably pretty much the same across the entire state, you know? Like, <laughs> wouldn't probably vary very much in temperature and, and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, very was, different. Yeah. I was thinking that maybe, yeah, what you say is like the, the, the whole area, since it's relatively flat, yeah. everybody goes up and goes down together. Yes, it's extreme, much more extreme than here. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's like every one area could be doing this, another area is doing that, but the extremes typically aren't as much, mm-hmm. of course. Right. And this might, I think this also has to do with, you know, having a, a coast nearby, an ocean nearby. But Jeff, I remember we talked about this too, because I did get a question from a viewer about why does, you know, the breeze kick up in the afternoon and evenings on these hot days? Uh, and, you yeah, know, that has to do, right, Jeff, you were saying with the hot air is rising and pretty much you're having this marine air coming in from the coast to mm-hmm. fill in that space, essentially, right? Yeah, it's uh, you've got to fill those molecules. The mm-hmm. molecules are rising and something's got to fill that space down below at the surface. And you've got that uh, that marine layer that, or not marine layer, that marine push, basically, that happens. Um, Mark, I know you love looking at those gradients. Oh, Yeah. Uh, well, because they determine a lot of things. Summertime, you know, gradients determine where the where the wind is uh, coming or going. In fact, that's funny you say that because I, my third browser open, I've got a recording browser open right now. I've got Portland Observations, and the third one is the current gradients. That's funny you mentioned that. You are so predictable and such a nerd <laughs> at the same yep. time. I see it's I picking it. up. So yesterday, uh, you know, we had flat gradients. Uh, Astoria out to the Dalles was pretty much flat. Today, it's suddenly jumping up to three millibars. So we're seeing the beginnings of an onshore push. Boy, it still looks weak, though. Eugene to, Por- Eugene to Portland's weak. Yeah, boy, better kick up this evening or else mm-hmm. we are going to have that record record low. Yeah. So. Let, let's, let's get into – you, Mark, you kind of alluded to the fact that we have not had much of an offshore wind during any of these heat waves. Boy, I would say we're pretty lucky, um, especially given that we're late in the season now. We're starting to see more fires break out. It's been very dry. You know, I mentioned earlier, six weeks in a row without measurable rain at PDX. Um, And, you know, that offshore wind, when the wind is directed from east to west during heat waves, which, again, we have not had much of this year, that tends to bring more wildfire smoke, hotter temperatures, drier air. And we probably have another warm up on the horizon. I know you guys have been working hard on the forecast. I was looking closely at it earlier today. And boy, it's it's really looking like things could heat back up around midweek of next week. Maybe another ridge building in this time from the Pacific Ocean. Um, you guys got any uh, thoughts on uh, potential for maybe an offshore wind, or is it going to stay onshore? I, I don't see it in the next week. Uh, same thing where ridging kind of builds. Or Camilla's doing the forecast today, but I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the cross section from one of the models and. There's no obvious east wind through at least the 25th. And this is the danger period, mid-August to mid-September, um, especially that uh, late August to mid-September. That is the danger period west of the Cascades. All, all of our historic major fires uh, west of the Cascades and into the coast range have all been during this period, um, mid-August to, you know, sometimes as late as late September if we don't get some sort of ra- All we need is one good rain event in mid-September to kind of squash things. And sometimes right. it's early September, and then after that, it's just kind of this weak fire season that peters out but um yeah if we can make it through the next four weeks 
without a big east wind event, we're probably okay for the season. Fire season, I, we don't have this. We probably don't have time to get into it right now since we got to be on TV in like 20 minutes. <laughs> but um, fire season is really anemic right now. I mean, we have we're not seeing you know huge tens of thousands of acres burning. It's it's relatively quiet. So we've been very lucky through the 18th of August. Much different than previous years. No, Absolutely. And the big thing that happened in 2020, 2020, when we had the big mega fires Crazy. and that huge smoke event with the east, what happened was we were so dry for so long, we had that big dry east wind kick in. It spread the fires, spread the smoke. Um, the hope is we don't have some kind of inside slider that's a dry cold front that causes the wind to really kick up late in the season before the fall rain arrives. You know, just looking at the extended forecast, uh, you're, you're going to want to tune in for the latest on Fox 12, but just prepare for more heat. A lot of 80s, a lot of 90s probably in the forecast, maybe a couple of 70s peppered in if we do have a thick marine layer. Uh, when you listen to this, we're going to have 13 days officially until meteorological fall begins. That's September 1st. So we are approaching fall. It's getting harder and harder to have these heat waves. But having said that, there's no real sign of fall weather on the horizon. So um, for all of you cooler weather lovers, hold on, uh, you know, Keep watering your gardens as Mark keeps tweeting and uh, posting. Um, it's uh, this is we're in the dog days of summer. It's it's here and uh, we got to keep. We just got to hold on tight here. It'll it'll eventually end. Just a couple more weeks, it'll have a totally different feel. Well, that's what. Yeah, that's, I'm sure people are wondering. You know, as far as these heat waves go, I guess we touched on it before when we mentioned you know our latest 90 degree day. But how late could we continue to see these heat events? I've never seen a continued, like a significant, like long heat wave after the last week of August. Okay. I mean, September, we can hit 95, 98 degrees. It's usually for one or two days. And then two days later, you got a Marine push and it's 72 degrees. So, okay. and the nights start really, September for sure, early September, you really start noticing, okay, we're 90, we think we're going to have a high of 93, for example, but the outline areas are in the mid forties this morning, you yeah. know? So overnight right. lows really cool off in September. So it just doesn't have the same feel in the sun is getting so weak. I mean, it's like spring break sun by the time you hit Labor Day. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So we yeah. really just have to get through August. About two more weeks. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. So anyways, uh, we, we talked about a lot today, but we always appreciate you tuning in uh, for these weather nerd discussions. Uh, it's, it's, it's nice for us to be able to kind of step away from TV where we only have a couple of minutes at a time to break down the weather forecast and we can kind of elaborate here. But uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on things. If you haven't done so, download our brand new Fox 12 weather app. All you have to do is you know, type in Fox 12 weather into your app store. Uh, we've been pushing a lot of videos out. We have a fire smoke forecast that is continually running at the top of the app. And you can always use the radar feature in there to track showers and thunderstorms. By the way, it's going to be really useful when we come into the fall and the, you know, the wet season, of course, uh, the winter, if we end up getting any snow. So uh, thank you for joining us here on the Fox 12 Weather Podcast, and we'll be talking to you soon. Weatherman, we can't allow any further delay. So stop your waiting and hesitating and tell us, please tell us.